Hi, I'm Kim, and this is episode one of the Cozy Cave Cottage podcast. Um, so this is probably going to be pretty rough because even though I've been thinking of doing a podcast for months now, I never quite got around to actually planning out what I was going to say. Um, I listen to a ton of podcasts, but now that I'm sitting here with the recording running on my phone, I am forgetting how every single one of them starts out, and I'm totally embarrassed, even though I'm the only person in the room right now. Um, since I'm kind of doing this without much of a plan, this is probably not going to be representative of the format of future episodes, uh, but... For a brief introduction, like I said, my name is Kim. Um, I live in Wisconsin with my family, and um, in my daily life, I work as an architect. Um, I specialize in healthcare. I'm a medical planner, and I usually focus on um, planning inpatient units for hospitals. So it's pretty interesting work and pretty rewarding. Um, in my spare time, I like to um, I like to make things. So I am I would say primarily a knitter these days. Although I have been doing a lot of sewing, um, I learned to spin about a year ago, and um, I was I started out my I guess yarn life with crochet. Um, I learned to crochet in college. I think it was about 2001. So um, I basically, I think I originally wanted to learn how to knit, but I'd had a couple of failed attempts trying to teach myself out of a magazine. Um, and the drawings just never really made sense to me. So I thought I would try crochet because it seemed easier because you were only working with one tool at a time. Um, so I I started out and I made, I think, scarves for everyone in my family, and they were basically just long chains or long strips of double crochet, and they were made out of acrylic yarn, and they were probably pretty terrible. Um, I doubt anyone has them anymore, and I honestly wouldn't blame them. I don't think I even have mine anymore. Um, I think I donated them to... A homeless shelter in a fit of cleaning a year or two ago. Um, so then I finally learned how to knit um, quite a few years later. Uh, I believe it was 2009. Um, I again taught myself. Um, I used a DVD I checked out from the library actually and I made a basic dishcloth, like one of those um, mitered ones. Um, it turns out a square in the end, like you increase on one side and decrease on the other. And it was supposed to be a dishcloth, but I used acrylic yarn because I didn't know any better. And um, yeah, you should probably use cotton since acrylic yarn doesn't actually absorb any water. So it doesn't really serve the purpose of a dishcloth very well, but there you have it. That's how I learned to knit, and um, I like to think that I've improved quite a bit since since then, both in technique and uh, yarn choice. So for my recent projects, I have actually 
finished a couple of things um, in the past week or two. So I guess I'll just start there. I mean, I don't have to go through everything I finished in the last 10 years. But um, so the last thing that I finished for knitting was the Girl Bear by Julie Williams. She is the uh, Little Cotton Rabbits um, blogger. Um, I've been following her blog for, I'm not sure, a while. I guess, um, I'm not even sure how I found it. I think I just liked the look of it. Um, and so I've been following it ever since. And this is the first pattern I've ever knitted by her. Um, I think I saw Kay Jones of the Bakery Bears was working on one. Um, not the girl bear. I think one of the, uh, little rabbit patterns that she is kind of known for. I saw her knitting one on the Bakery Bears podcast, um, maybe six months or a year ago. And she was raving about them. And of course, always thought they were really cute myself. So when she came out with the girl bear pattern, I think she had run a sale and that was what finally got me to purchase it. But, but yeah, um, I made this little, little bear for, uh, one of my daughter's birthdays and, um, it was a really adorable pattern and she was playing with it in pieces way before I even finished it. Um, it took me probably maybe three, three weeks or so. Um, I just used yarn that I had in, in stash, I guess. Um, the, for the body of the bear, I used a tan yarn. It's, um, an Ella Ray classic worsted, I think. And then, um, for the little, I don't know, I guess the little undies and shoes, I just used some, I think, Barocco or something um basically whatever was laying around um and I used size two needles and um I think mostly it went pretty well the only thing that was a little bit fiddly with the pattern was that um the directions are to knit everything flat so I started out that way I did the head and the um, feet as written in the pattern because um, there's quite a lot of shaping involved so I didn't want to try to modify to knit in the round when I really wasn't sure exactly what I was doing or where she was going with those directions so um, I did those as written in the pattern but then when it came to things like the arms and the rest of the legs above the shoes and for the body itself which were basically just um, flat pieces of stockinette that you were going to mattress seam one side. So they were basically a tube. Those I did start converting to knit in the round so that I didn't have to, you know, curl back, obviously. Um, so, so yeah, then, um, you know, I assembled the whole thing and she was very cute. And then for the dress, um, I just used some kind of random leftover bits of sock yarn, um, again, on size two needles. And the pattern comes with two different options. So there's one for a striped dress and there's one for kind of a plaid dress. And um, 
I've never actually done color work. It's been kind of, it's been on my list for a couple of years, but it seemed kind of intimidating. And so I thought um, that a pretty low risk way to start trying it at least would be with um, this little bear dress. since You know, the fit obviously isn't too important. And if my floats were too tight or the fabric was puckered or anything like that, really, it wouldn't matter because it's just for a little toy. So um, I did decide to go ahead and do the plaid dress. And it was a little bit difficult. Um, I was knitting this on vacation last week. So I was kind of without my normal resources or time to YouTube tutorials or, or whatever. So I just decided to go for it and see what happened. Um, I think for the first round of color changes, I tried to do it all by holding both yarns in my right hand. Um, and I guess a thrower style of knitter. So I, I hold the yarn in my right hand. Um, but this was you know, super annoying and I wasn't able to keep tension on the yarn very well. So I pretty quickly started trying to hold one color of yarn in each hand and, um, you know, knit, uh, one hand English and one hand continental, which again, I've never really done that, but, but I just decided to go for it and see what happened. And it worked out pretty well, actually. Um, I was not fast by any stretch of the imagination and I probably was not doing it totally correctly and I didn't catch my floats cause I don't know what that means, but, um, really, I think it worked out well. The only part I would say is a little bit too tight is where I was going across um, five stitches of one color. And when I joined in the new color, I was going kind of between two needles. So I was turning a corner and some of those floats are a bit too tight. So there's, you know, it kind of almost looks like a seam up the back. But overall, I think it, it went okay. Um, I don't have immediate plans for my next color work project, but but I think I will be a little bit more confident next time and I'll probably <laughs> read some tutorials or anything or something like that, it, especially if I'm going to make a sweater for a human-sized person and not just you know, doll clothes next time. Um, and then the other project I recently finished was a... A baby sweater so this was a gift and um, I actually started making it um, last month I, I went to a class at my local yarn shop which is Wild Haven Fiber Fiber Company um, it's in Milwaukee she she's only been open I think she's coming up on a year now and um, it's a really cute store and she's doing a lot of classes. Um, I actually taught a 101 class there, a knitting 101 class um, in the spring and it was a really fun experience. And I think um, we're going to ha have a meeting in a couple of weeks with all of the instructors. She's got about four instructors um, that, you know, teach classes at the shop and we're going to, I think, come up with kind of a new curriculum and 
um, all kind of work together to, you know, figure out what classes each of us are going to teach and, you know, just try to try to come up with, um, you know, some really fun classes for people to come and take at the shop. Uh, but anyway, that was a long-winded way of saying I took a class there this summer by Ann Budd. Um, and Ann Budd, obviously, I'm sure you know, writes all of those handy book of pattern, um, the pattern series. So this was specifically for her handy book of top-down sweaters. And I've had this book for probably two years or so and just hadn't really gotten around to trying it. Um, if you're familiar with the book at all, it's written in a chart style and it's based on your gauge and what size you're trying to knit. And um, basically from those numbers and calculations she's already done for you, you should be able to knit and you know design your own sweater which I always thought was really interesting. Obviously, um, as an architect, I am pretty interested in design, um, that sort of thing. You know, it's pretty intriguing to me. I've, I've done a couple of, you know, little designs here and there. Um, I've, I've never done a sweater design though. So when, um, Kate, the owner of Wild Haven told me that Ann Bud was coming to teach some classes this summer, I was totally excited and I you know signed up right away and so I'm actually looking at my notes now and apparently this class was in June so it was June 4th and um you know the whole class worked on a basic raglan style sweater um we all did the pullovers and I got um through the separation of the sleeves, you know, I got maybe an inch or two below the underarms and then, you know, the class was over and, but that was fine because I was planning to make this, uh, as a gift and I didn't know if I was making it for a girl baby or a boy baby and it turned out to be a girl baby. So, um, the yarn I was using is Cascade Eco Plus and I've just had that kind of laying around forever. It's, um, it was blue. So, you know, I believe girls can wear blue and that's fine, but I did want to make it a little bit more feminine than just a basic raglan pullover. So I, um, did kind of a feather and fan pattern at the, the hem and the cuffs. And I think, uh, it turned out pretty cute. I think it, is about a six month size, which isn't actually one of the sizes in the book. Um, what Anne had us do is just use the smallest set of stitch counts. And then we were all using worsted weight yarn and, um, I used a size eight needle. So, um, I think the smallest size in the book would normally be, for uh, a child size, it really wouldn't be an infant size, but when you combine kind of the bigger yarn and needles with the smallest number of stitches um, in the patterns, it basically, it came out to about a six month 
old size, which I think will be actually kind of perfect because um, the baby will be six months old when the weather starts turning. So, so that worked out really well. Um, the one, well, not the only stupid thing I did, but one of the stupid things that I did was um, I tested a whole bunch of different bind-offs and I don't know why, because Anne said in the class that her go-to bind-off is pretty much always the sewn bind-off. And I don't know why I didn't just believe her that that was going to be the best one. But I tried, I think, I tried an I-cord bind-off and maybe did the surprisingly stretchy bind-off. And I really hated how both of those were. Um, so I, I ripped both of them out and I did the sewn bind off on one sleeve and then I put it down and I came back to it the next night and I finished the second sleeve and I don't, I don't know what I was thinking. I guess I wasn't thinking because I did, um, an I-cord bind off on the second sleeve. I got it completely finished and then I compared it to the first sleeve and they didn't match. You know, the first sleeve was a pretty nice, even elastic bind off. It wasn't rolling. It was great. My I-cord bind off was not stretchy at all. Um, and I don't know why I couldn't figure that out. I-cord is not a stretchy bind off. But rather than realizing my mistake right then, I ripped it out and I did a much looser I-cord bind off. It was still not as stretchy as my first bind off. I think it took me probably a good 20 minutes or so to realize I had done a sewn bind off on the first sleeve. So I ripped my I-cord bind off out a second time and then I finally finished it with the correct bind off. So that was completely my, my error. <laughs> I just, you know, wasn't thinking I was trying to do things and I was too tired and that's when I make mistakes like everybody. <laughs> um, so, you know, long story short, I, I finished that sweater um, probably the week before we left on vacation. Um, and then I gave it away without ever taking a finished uh, object picture. But whatever, it's fine. It's, um, you know, I have progress pictures, so that's probably good enough. Um, and then I guess I will just throw in a finished sewing object because I finished it about 20 minutes before I sat down to record this. Um, I made a pair of pajamas, um, baseball jammies. I, I don't know why, but my daughter has been asking for baseball jammies, uh, baseball cake and baseball pajamas. Um, she has been talking about this for a couple of months, repeatedly, always kind of out of the blue. Um, and I have no idea why she's not a baseball fan. She's been to a single baseball game in her, you know, short life. And I, she was probably too young to remember it, but, but in any case, she has been pretty insistent that she would like baseball jammies. So rather than just buying her you know, team branded pajamas like the brewers are our local team 
Um, I don't think she knows who they are. So I thought that maybe something that was a little more explicitly baseball, like actual baseballs on it, would be what she is looking for. Um, so I went on Etsy and I didn't really see anything that I thought, you know, was, you know, just nothing popped out at me as something I was looking for. So I thought, well, I could whip her up a little something. So I found Simplicity Pattern 1285. Um, it's actually, I think, going to be pretty cool because it's, um, all sizes from extra small to large. So I could make, I could make myself a pair of baseball jammies if I wanted. Uh, but basically it's, um, it's a couple of patterns. It's a night dress. And then, um, you could also do a pair, a shirt and a pair of pants. So those are all included in the envelope along with a, all those sizes. So I thought it was a pretty good value. Um, one thing that I liked about it is that it has raglan style sleeves, so it looks kind of like um, a baseball practice t-shirt would. I mean, she's not going to know that, but I thought it was kind of cute. Um, and then I used uh, a fabric that just had baseballs all over it for the, the main part of the shirt, and then I used a red contrasting solid for the sleeves. Um, I just made the smallest size and I'm hopeful that it will fit. Um, one thing that was a little bit weird about it is that the pattern is written for, you know, Jersey or knit kind of fabric and my local Joann's didn't have any baseball fabric, um, in Jersey and I'm on a bit of a deadline. I probably could have tried to order something online. That would have been, you know, a more appropriate fabric choice, but I just didn't really feel like waiting, waiting for the shipping and all that. So I just bought some of some basic quilting cotton that they had in the store and I think it worked out okay. The only thing I had to do different was to make the neckband piece a couple of inches longer because I didn't have, um, I didn't have the stretch that I would have with. A jersey material and um, the cutting directions had you cutting that piece on the fold and as I'm thinking about it now I probably should have cut it on the bias since I wasn't using stretchy material that maybe would have saved me from um, adding those inches and it probably would have curved a little bit easier around the neckline but you know hindsight maybe Maybe if I manage to do show notes for this um, podcast, I will write that down and remember it for next time. We'll see. Um, you know, now that, you know, I, I put the little pair of kid pajamas together, I think they're actually pretty cute in a bit of an ugly way. It's the baseball uh, fabric is not my normal um, go-to not something I would normally be drawn to, but I think they turned out pretty cute and I actually wouldn't mind having something in that same style for myself. Um, for myself, I probably will not use baseballs, but, but there you have it. Um, as far as works in progress, I think I probably have about 
15. <laughs> um, but the only ones I'm really working on right now is a test knit for Chrissy Graham of the um, Snappy Stitches podcast, although she's not officially calling it a podcast anymore. I guess she's calling it a vlog, a video blog. Um, but she is planning to release a sock pattern soon, I think. I haven't really heard anything about it recently, but um, I'm working on a pair of socks. They're called the Gingel or Gingel. I'm not actually sure how to say it. Um, she is from Canada, so I believe the pattern name is based on um, a park or a hill or something in the neighborhood she lives. Like I said, I'm doing this kind of by the seat of my pants, so I don't have all of the proper notes in front of me, but I will learn for next time, hopefully. Uh, but anyway, I'm working on those socks, and this was another sort of stop and start. I guess that's a bit of a pattern with me right now. I I started out with the 60, 66 stitch count. That's really difficult to say now that I've said it out loud. Um, and I was using a Patton's Croy marled yarn, just they're one of the grays. And um, I like Croy yarn. It's, I think, a really good value. And, um, you know, it's great for socks. But I, once I got into the stitch pattern, um, I just felt like I was getting lost in that marled yarn. So I started, you know, just knitting in plain stockinette thinking, well, you know, I, I tested out the stitch pattern and it's fine. And maybe I'll just, you know, make this a pair of kind of vanilla socks and the top is just a little bit different. It's a top down sock pattern. Um, but then I decided to just set that aside. I wasn't really, wasn't really sure if I should keep going. Um, so I, I just set it aside and I figured I'd decide about that later. So I cast on again and for whatever reason, I decided, um, I used a self-striping yarn, uh, a Regia, and it had a bit of stretch to it. And for some reason I thought that because of the stretch, maybe I would go down to the 60 stitch count. Um, I've knit probably a half a dozen or so pairs of socks for myself so far, um, but I haven't quite landed on my perfect stitch count. You know, I, I typically use size one needles. Um, I prefer to knit on two circs, but I've also done magic loop. Um, but, you know, I just, I haven't quite come to that perfect stitch count. So I've done, I think, 64 stitches. And after wearing them for a while, I just felt like they were too loose. So I decided with this pattern to go down to the 60 stitch size. And, you know, that was going swimmingly. I got all the way down the leg. Um, and when I got to the heel turn, I decided to try them on and I think they're too tight for me. So I was sitting there with a dilemma of, you know, two 
kind of half finished pairs of socks that I'm supposed to be doing for a test knit. So ideally I would like to get them finished in the near future, but I, I wasn't really sure what to do with either of them. You know, one of them I had started knitting stockinette on, you know, after deciding that maybe I didn't want to do the pat the pattern in that particular yarn and the other pair of socks was showing the pattern okay but I had now made it too small for my feet and I was all the way down the leg of both socks since I didn't mention that I also do them two at a time so I went ahead and turned the heels on the 60 stitch count pair um, because I was using a self-striping yarn I used um, a contrast heel. I just used some plain uh, gray sock yarn. I think it is um, maybe a Cascade Heritage sock yarn. It's just charcoal gray. I've had it kind of sitting around without its label for a long time. So I turned the heels and I decided, you know what, I'll just make these kid socks. I will make them, you know, size for um, my daughter. Maybe I'll even make them a little bit big for her since they do have heels so that there's a little bit of room to grow and whatever. It'll just be a test knit and um, I will make them shorter than my feet because they are narrower than my feet and they'll just be a little bit smaller and if my daughter wants to wear them, that's great. If she doesn't, no big loss. Um, it'll still serve its purpose as a test knit. So I worked on those a little bit today. Um, I was watching my friend do a triathlon. So I had a little bit of time by myself to just sit and knit. And I got um, the last inch or two of the foot done before I needed to start decreasing for the toe. So since I was kind of out and about, I just put them down at that point and um, yeah, basically they are ready for toes. And I think I will do the toes in the same gray that I did the heels in. That is the only knitting work in progress that I've been actively working on this week. I have a bunch of other stuff on the needles. Um, so I have another pair of socks, this or stry socks from Laura Neal's sock architecture that I've been working on for a little bit. Um, I have a pair of kind of flip top mitts that I've been working on for my husband for a little while, but I put those on hold when um, you know summer started and I had a bunch of other things I wanted to work on and obviously I knew he wasn't going to need those until winter, so I set those aside for a while, but I and to pick them back up soon, I think. Um, I also have the Ease sweater by Alicia Plummer. Um, that is on the needles and has been hibernating since I decided to do the flip top mitts. Um, so it's kind of uh, becoming a little bit of a theme for me, which is unusual. I'm not typically a person who has this many things kind of set aside. I am usually pretty monogamous 
well, maybe not monogamous because I work on maybe two or three projects at a time. I like to have something in my purse that I can knit and just kind of take with me that doesn't require a whole lot of thought. And then I like one other project. So it's usually something for me, um, you know, not always, but just something that requires a little bit more thought. But but right now, you know, I have uh, two versions of the test knit for Chrissy on the needles, the Laura Neal pair of socks, the mitts for my husband, the sweater for me, um, a shawl design that I've been working on that has been giving me all kinds of trouble with a certain uh, lace section. So that's been ripped out about four times and I'm just not really sure where I want to go with it. So that's also sitting aside. Um, and then I also have a sock yarn blanket that I've been working on for a while, just a mitered square kind of thing, um, you know, that tons of people are working on. A lot of other podcasters are calling it their cozy memories blanket which I think Molly from a homespun house is the one who kind of coined that phrase. Um, but I actually started working on mine maybe a couple of months before I started hearing about it on all the podcasts. Um, one of the ladies in my local knitting group has been working on one for years and years, long before I joined the group. And you know, she's brought it a couple of times either to add a square or she sometimes would weave in her ends sitting there. And I just thought it was beautiful. Um, you know, the kind of patchworky style is not, not always something I'm drawn to, but I guess I really liked the idea of, you know, using all the little scraps that you have left over from, from your socks that, you know, you knit over the years. Um, and I, I feel like it could be a really interesting kind of time capsule of, you know, these are the styles of yarns that I was into at this particular you know, stage of my life. And it'll be interesting to see how those change over the years. And so I'm not really doing a lot of the swaps that people are doing. Um, I think almost all of the yarn that's in my blanket so far is yarn that I have personally used. And I am, um, you know, I'm using yarns more than once if I, if I feel like, you know, I've got squares that aren't right next to each other. Um, you know, so I don't know. I'm not looking for it to grow very quickly at all. You know, I think like I said, I want it to be a little bit of a time capsule of, or like a record of what I've worked on in the past. So, so I don't mind that it's going to kind of always be a work in progress. I think that's fine. And, you know, even if, um, it gets used in its unfinished state, I, I think that's okay. Um, I have been kind of working one side and across the other so it's always rectangular when I'm when I'm finished with you know a particular section um and if I weave in my ends as I go it you know it might be useful even unfinished so um 
I guess the only other work in progress I have would be um, a spinning project, which isn't terribly exciting. I didn't do tour, tour de fleece like a lot of other people were doing while the Tour de France was running uh, recently. Um, I have, you know, just some kind of basic brown fiber going. I think it's a BFL, actually. Um Basically, I would consider almost all of my spinning at this point beginner spinning. You know, I'm just trying things out. I only learned about a year ago, and I haven't been super focused on it since, you know, I just have a lot going on. So I work on it when I can. I enjoy it when I get to do it, but, you know, I'm not very consistent. So right now I have two out of three, what will be three bobbins finished. Um... All of what I've done so far is two-ply because my original wheel only had three bobbins. So, um, you know, with one bobbin left over for plying, it was just easiest to do all two-ply yarns. Um, I actually just sold that wheel the week last weekend. Um, it was a Pesig wheel, which is apparently a local Milwaukee uh, wheel maker who was active in kind of the 70s and 80s and I didn't know anything about it when I bought it I bought my wheel on Craigslist just because you know I think spinning has such a high cost to entry with the cost of wheels you know being around six or seven hundred dollars so I wanted to see if I liked it so I bought a wheel off of Craigslist and um it's probably kind of dangerous because it wasn't actually working at the time I bought it. Um, so I brought it home and took it apart and just kind of dusted everything off and oiled it up. And it actually, it worked, which is, I guess, a kind of lucky break for me. Um, I took a class, a one-on-one -on -one class at another local yarn shop in my area called the Wool and Cotton Company. And it was really great. I did remember if it was one or two hours but by the end of that class I was um I had gotten the rhythm of treadling and drafting drafting was kind of the hardest thing for me to figure out on my own at home but anyway um so yes I just recently sold that wheel because I had purchased uh, a wool maker's bliss after hearing about it on uh the little bobbins podcast with Danny. She had said that she really liked hers and it's a pretty modern looking wheel. It's, it's white, which I think is pretty unusual for spinning wheels. And, um, it comes kind of flat packed from the Netherlands, something kind of like something from Ikea, but it, it's a little bit more substantial than, you know, your basic Ikea. But, you know, I think all in, even including shipping and an extra set of bobbins. So I have six altogether. I think it was only around 400, maybe $450 US by the time it was delivered. So, you know, I, I really liked all of those things. I liked that it was affordable. I liked that it was modern. I liked that it was a double treadle. My first wheel was single treadle. And I, I just guess I prefer the double treadle now that I've done them both. But all that to say, I have, um, you know, two bobbins of this brown, basic brown uh, BFL spun up and a third little nest kind of waiting for me. 
and then I will do my first three ply with that yarn. So, um, I don't know what it will be. I don't know what any, <laughs> any of my hand spun will be. I tried knitting with my very first hand spun, but it was just so lumpy and bumpy and over twisted and horrible that it just, it really didn't work out. Didn't turn into anything. Um, so I, I had that sitting kind of a half finished hat that I need to frog because I, I would like to keep it and just kind of see how I progress since that, that first skein is, it's never going to grow up to be anything but a learning experience, which, which is fine. Um, so I, I think I've gone on much longer than I planned to. Um, I, I guess I hope I will get this cobbled together. I've started and stopped a couple of times, so I apologize if my editing is not good. I'm sure it will not be good. Um, cause I don't know what I'm doing, but I, I hope you have enjoyed my, my rambling. <laughs> if you would like to, um, contact me, uh, my, I have a blog. I, I do blog at, um, cozycapecottage.blogspot.com. Um, I am Cozy Cape Cottage on Ravelry and on Instagram. And then, um, I do have a Facebook page for my blog. It's, it's not terribly active. Um, I'll talk about that in a future episode. Um, but, but yeah, you can, you can find me on Instagram or Ravelry really easily. And then, like I said, uh, the blog is cozycapecottage.blogspot.com. And if I get really ambitious there, there might be show notes. Um, we'll have to see. So anyway, if you've stuck with me this long, thank you. Thank you very much. Um, I hope you enjoyed it. If you have any feedback, definitely, you know, feel free to get in touch. Um, if you want to email me, I'm cozycapecottage at gmail.com. So I'm not exactly sure how to sign off. So I'll just say goodbye and hopefully I will, um, record again in a couple